You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Here we go with Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. It is Tuesday. Appreciate you joining me. Uh, and we got some more breaking news on the realignment front. I guess it's pretty similar to what we talked about on Monday, but uh, there's an alliance coming between the Pac-12, the ACC, and the Big Ten. The details are supposed to be announced today, but as far as we can tell from different reporting, uh, it looks like this is basically an alliance that's going to make sure all these teams play each other in non-conference games. So, you know, a team from the Pac-12 will play a team from the ACC and the Big Ten potentially every year, and they're going to rotate those games. So Arizona might play um, Michigan and Clemson one season, and then the next year they might play another Big Ten opponent, another ACC opponent moving forward. Obviously, that gives you more marquee games, uh, more games on national television. I think it's a smart decision, especially for the Big 12, or excuse me, especially for the Pac-12 and the West Coast trying to get Uh, some more national TV games trying to get in some bigger markets. So what does it mean for the Big 12 and the eight teams that are remaining, i.e. TCU? Uh, You know, I'm not totally sure. I I think on one hand, nobody's come out and said this is going to prevent expansion. And I still think expansion is the way that this is moving for any conference across college football. So I I don't think this shuts the door on the Pac-12 saying, hey, let's potentially add three or four teams. The biggest issue to me is, so the Big 12 is not at the table in any of these negotiations. And at this point, if, if the eight schools in the Big 12 stay together and move forward, or potentially seven if this Big 10 Kansas rumor is true, you're in a situation where you're trying to add maybe the best teams from the group of five, right? Like, I saw uh, Ryan Wallace, who covers K-State for 247 Sports, putting out an idea of, hey, why not you know, add SMU and Houston and Boise State and a bunch of other group of five schools and create like a super 16 of sort of the, the teams not necessarily in the Power Five. And maybe that could somehow keep your Power Five status valid. I would be skeptical of that one. Now, I think, on the other hand... From a playoff positioning standpoint, with the expanded playoff, you're going to have a good chance to make it in. And, and there's two real factors to this. There's the playoff angle. You know, are you still going to be on the national stage, in the national landscape, competing for national championships in football? And then there's also just the revenue angle. And as, as a fan, as a media member, I'm not super worried about – the revenue part, like, I, I understand the cause and effect. Yes, more money means better facilities. I know it's especially beneficial for non-revenue sports because the money that's being brought in from the football and basketball contracts sort of subsidizes um, some of the, the things we see across the rest of the athletic landscape. I mean, I think you look at a sport like soccer, that suddenly becomes something that TCU's invested in pretty heavily by hiring Eric Bell and getting a team to the Elite Eight and hopefully having a team that's going to compete for a national title this year. But at the same time, I'm I'm more concerned about the competitiveness 
Are you still – do you still have a chance to make the playoff? Um, and I know in some ways those go hand in hand. But circling back to the original point, I, I think a conference like that, that would basically be sort of a, a supersized version of the group of five, it might give you um, a chance to be real competitive, to maybe have an easier path to an expanded playoff, but you're obviously losing – a significant amount of money each year, and that trickles down to a lot of different things. Facilities, uh, non-revenue sports, academics in some ways. I, I mean, there's, there's a lot that sort of goes into that cause and effect. But I, I still haven't seen this um, alliance, you know, whatever you want to call it. That's what they're calling it, so we'll call it the alliance. Between the ACC, the Big Ten, and the Pac-12, I haven't I haven't seen anything that would indicate this means expansion's over. This means we're not interested now in taking in anyone else. So I, I think that's a positive sign. And the best chance for TCU is either individually chatting with other conferences or maybe in some sort of group, whether it's the three Texas schools – or Oklahoma State, or the three Texas schools and Oklahoma State. But you have to find a way, if you're going to stay in the Power Five, I don't think it's going to be in some souped-up version of the Big 12 and the American Conference. That's, that's a merger that, that I don't see working. That's a path to, from a you know revenue standpoint, from a TV contract standpoint, that's not where you want to be. So if you end up there, I don't think the sky is falling. I don't think you're a total cast off. I mean, we saw what TCU did in the Mountain West. It took a long time to build, but they're in a much better place now. But your recruiting is going to take a hit. I mean, there's there's a lot of um, there's a lot of effects that come with that, right? And and some of it's probably unpredictable. But that's where we stand today. This alliance is getting announced. And once it gets announced, we'll have a better idea of what exactly it means. But I think the big thing to keep in mind is this is not those three conferences. And for TCU's purpose, really what you're probably keeping an eye on is Pac-12. This is not those conferences slamming the door on expansion. And that's, that's the big positive takeaway in my mind. That's what you can kind of hold on to. If you're still thinking, man, how are we going to find a way to maybe be at the, at the negotiating table, part of the elite club when this all comes to an end? Uh, I, I think that's the, the positive note from this new development. This is Locked on Horn Frogs. Segment two coming your way in a minute. We'll talk some TCU football on the field. That's coming up next. Locked on Horn Frogs, segment number two coming your way. I uh, appreciate you joining me today. So fall camp is wrapped up. TCU football is now in normal uh, game week mode. Classes have started. If any TCU students listen to this, good luck as you start another year or maybe you're starting your first year on campus. Um, hope it's a good semester for you. But guys are back in a rhythm of, you know, class and practice. It's not football all day, every day as it has been during the off season. And Duquesne coming into town a week from Saturday. One thing that I thought about today, you know, last year they didn't end up playing an SCS opponent or a non-conference opponent until the end of the year against La Tech. 
have that game against SMU that got pushed, and eventually they just couldn't make it up. But two years ago, they did play Arkansas Pine Bluff. And, you know, these, these games, they're essentially scrimmages. You, you can't take a whole lot from it, I don't think. Um, but I feel like you do get a good idea of, okay, here's what the offense looks like in a live situation. Here's what they're trying to accomplish. Here's what they're trying to run. And against Pine Bluff a few years ago, I mean, they really struggled. Now, part of it was they still hadn't decided who their quarterback was, so they're shuffling between Max Duggan and Alex Delton. There was no real rhythm uh, to the play calling or to what they were trying to do because I, I think the guys are pretty different as QBs. Uh, I know some of you just shivered when you thought about the Alex Delton era again. I'm sorry. No offense. He seemed like a good dude, um, bailed on the team in a time of need, unfortunately, and didn't have a real successful season when he was on the field. But anyway, not not the important part of this conversation. Uh, Point being, even with the, you know, musical chairs you had at quarterback, it it just didn't look like a team that was 100% locked in, ready to go. And they ended up finishing the year five and seven. It was a very inconsistent season up and down. You know, aside from a nice win against Texas, really they didn't beat anybody that they, they shouldn't that year. So you did see some of that in that opening game against Pine Bluff. Now, if they don't look real sharp against Duquesne, I don't think it's time to, to hop off the cliff. But it's, it's your one kind of mulligan week. So – you would hope that they come out focused. Uh, we get a pretty good look at you know some of these skill guys that we're excited about: Zach Evans, Quentin Johnston, Savion uh, Williams, and y- y- you see, okay, this is what we're trying to to get at this season with CCU football. So that's that's coming up here on Saturday. I did want to touch on a few notes from around the Big Twelve Conference before. We wrap up today um, some quarterback battles that are going on and one that's been decided. So Baylor, uh, Jacob Zeno and Gary Bohannon and Blake Shapin had all been competing for the starting quarterback job. And over the weekend, they named Gary Bohannon their starter, which is interesting. Gary's a, a four-star recruit from Earl, Arkansas, a very small community in Arkansas. And I really thought Zeno would be the guy here. Um because he's got a good arm. He's more of a pocket passer. Bohannon is definitely big, physical, downhill runner. I haven't seen him throw the ball much at all in his limited time playing games. Uh, but Jeff Grimes, the new OC there, I know that he likes that wide zone scheme, some of that, that power running game. But this is very, very different than the quarterback he had last year in Zach Wilson. So, just a note on one of TCU's big rivals, uh, Gary Bohannon is going to be the starter for Baylor. That sort of caught my attention because I, I thought Zeno would be the guy. But at least uh, in week one, they play Texas State to start the season. Um, that, that's who they're rolling with. So Gary Bohannon, the starter for Baylor. And then a quarterback competition that I know people probably don't have on the radar very much. But – Kansas, they're also trying to figure out who their QB is. Lance Leipold coming over from Buffalo, new coach there. Uh, Miles Kendrick, Kendrick, excuse me, is competing there. But uh, they have a transfer from North Texas, Jason Bean, who threw for a little over 1,100 yards last year, 14 touchdowns, five interceptions. He's at KU, and according to Bryson Strucker, 
who uh, covers Kansas football. Yes, there is apparently a Kansas football insider, if you can believe it. He does a nice job covering that team. His sources are telling him that Bean is getting a lot of work with the one. So that feels like a competition that's going to go into the season. I think their first game of the year is against South Dakota. Um, so that's who that's their FCS opponent, and we'll kind of see where they go. But, yeah, North Texas transfer and also a kid from uh, Midlothian. So from the, from the Metroplex, Bean coming over from UNT, going to play there at KU, and it looks like he has – the advantage right now in that quarterback battle and those are two that are sort of getting settled you know I, I think I think Casey Thompson's going to be the guy at Texas but nothing official um, and I feel like that's really it obviously Spencer Sanders Oklahoma State Spencer Rattler at Oklahoma um, uh, Tyler Shook at Texas Tech uh, Skylar Thompson at K-State Jarrett Dagey at West Virginia, Brock Purdy at Iowa State. So, as far as battles go, that's sort of where we're at. Gary Bohan in the starter at Baylor. It appears that Jason Bean has the advantage at UNT. And nothing official on the uh, Texas side. But if I had to guess today, I would say that Casey Thompson is probably the guy that wins that job. That's going to do it for Locked on Horn Frogs today. We'll be back tomorrow. We are getting closer to game week. Excited about that. Uh, Coming up on next week's pod, I'll have a a Duquesne insider for you. I'm not sure who that is, but I'm going to find out, and we'll get more information on that team as they come into the Carter shortly. Real football, not too far away, about a week and a half. Thanks for tuning in today. This is Locked on Horned Rocks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.